after the video of um, what would be like. We're here in Wildwood, Florida, and uh, we're, I'm about to introduce you to the world that is my parish. Three Dozen Bibles is a church that happens in the most southwest grill. Tattoo parlor church. Church happening in a tattoo parlor. The church 3.1 gives people a chance to get out, get fit, about Jesus. Yoga therapy church. Mind, body, and soul meeting together. People in the community bring their dogs here. So we're having church here today. Sheer love is a fresh expression. I bring my scissors, my blow dryer, and try to let them know that they are loved by God. Basically, it came out of getting relationships with people that are already there in the heart. When you do a short promotion, and then we get out there and we just walk. On Wednesdays is when they have the taste of grace, the community come together to eat. I took the, the door off my office, off the hinges, and let's put that in the sanctuary. And just let the congregation know that I was not going to be in that office. And this guy, John Wesley, he said this thing like, um, the world is my parish. So I let them know that I would be doing that, that I would go out in the community, and that would be my office, connecting with people, being in those spaces, building relationships. To be honest, when he first started talking about fresh expressions, we were very skeptical and felt he was ignoring the needs of the older parishioners who, because of their loyalty to the church, they deserved his time and attention. And, you know, at a certain point, it was very interesting to watch as the Holy Spirit kind of took over. My goal was to navigate those two worlds of taking care of the folks, the saints who've been holding the church together, and at the same time, um, do things in the community. We got some folks willing that experienced the vision day and have caught kind of a provision for them. We brought them to a pioneer learning community. So they got actually immersive training in these concepts and do's and don'ts. So then we just started to uh, encourage people to find like your passion, your hobby. Let's start talking about that, how it could be a fresh expression. And uh, one after another, we started to kind of just explore ideas. We're encouraging them and letting them know that they don't have to be a professional minister, um, that God has called them, you know, just right where they are. They're able to start up these smaller communities inside of their own community. We are kind of claiming green spaces throughout our community. We would call them fresh expressions. But we also have to take care of the inherited, what I like to call the tree. So there's that inherited tree that's been there for a long time and it's lived through the desert of decline and post-Christian So we're grafted together in this way we're seeing this new kind of vineyard emerge. And our church is no longer really defined about just the rootstock, just the tree. But now, um, people in our community experience us in all these different ways. Like, there's that church over there in the tattoo parlor, and they're the one in the Mexican restaurant. They do that thing in the park. Our church is growing, and a lot of the growth is coming from people accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I was at a point in my life where I would have not, probably not, that foot back into the church because I had been hurt so much. But then I went to a person something like this, and that's where I, I guess, I really fell in love with God. And there I am, like a year later, and I'm like about to start my own. So I think in a smaller church that we sometimes look at our barriers rather than um, our assets. So we have to give permission to fail forward. It's okay to throw a lot of noodles at the wall and see what sticks and what comes out of it. Wildwood is a, is a normal church. 
We do all those things every week that most churches do. We have Bible studies. We have celebrate every program. But then every week at Wildwood, there's some not so normal things happening uh, in the sense of traditional church where most of us have experienced it. And almost every day, there's some fresh expression meeting in some location throughout the community. And so those things are happening, coexisting beside uh, all the normal traditional things that are happening in a church and giving life to each other. So those traditional forms are sending people out into the fresh expressions. The fresh expressions are sending people who matriculate back to the church. Uh, and there's an exchange that's going on there that's life-giving. And that, I think, is probably the, the most powerful thing about fresh expressions in an inherited, mixed economy way, is you release the mission force that's sitting in your pews every Sunday. He's quarter time at the church. He told us his wife. So we're talking about changing my coming to half time. He's quarter time. Now, he's got different ways writing books and going to seminars. That's part of how he makes money. But they, they focus on making this simple enough that they could equip the laity and then they could also uh, equip the church to run itself so that you can just do the things that only pastor can do. Uh, and also, what's amazing about him is that. Um, his mother was addicted to crack, and he didn't really know his mother, and the church raised him. And uh, he's been 15 years sober, found himself in prison. We just watched his testimony last night. It's really powerful. But he's not necessarily a, a super Christian. You know, he's just really, God has really changed his life and uh, rallied the people around him to adopt a similar posture and be better. Powerful. So, I wanted to show you, here's some questions. These are the questions that he provided. So we would read a, a, like a story about Jesus and say, if this story happened today, what would it look like? These would be the conversation questions. Or, what is this story saying to me today? Could this story make a difference in my life today? If so, how? Did this story make a difference to me in my life? Maybe at some other point. If so, how? So those are some examples of discussion questions. Now I'm going to read you one of the stories that we could use. So keep this in mind, and then we'll look at them again. And I'm not going to ask you to share today. He said, we might get crickets. Except for Kyle. I think Kyle would probably, he would probably share today. And Deb, I bet you would too. And the rest of you would want to. It's just different, right? You would want to. So let's, uh, let's read this scripture. You go on to the next one, Kyle. There you go. This is John chapter 6, verses 22 to 40. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not gone into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, 
You are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me will never I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. So that's about three minutes. Okay, so you get an idea. This is not a lot. You wouldn't necessarily have to read the scripture exactly. Maybe the people that we're with just need to hear the story in your own words. You just become familiar with it, where you read a paraphrased version like the message. And then let's go back to the questions. Think about how would you respond to this? If we were about to have a small group kind of setting and we ask these questions, what might you say? This story happened today. What would it look like? How might this story be lived out today? Jesus coming into our lives. What is this story saying to me? This is sort of like Lectio Divina. What's God speaking to my heart? Could this story make a difference in my life today? And so how? If Jesus is the bread of life, for example, then how can that make a difference in my life today? That's my true nourishment, spiritual nourishment. And did this story make a difference in my life? My, my life. <laughs> if so, how? Well, maybe there was a time in the past where this spoke to you and you were encouraged. These are the types of things so, don't worry. I'm not going to call on you to make assignments for now you're going to go do this if you're there. But I want to give you an idea of, you know, these are the types of things that float around in my mind. Like, this is something that I can do. And then tell you the stories about it. And then maybe over the course of many years, we could have one more person who does a similar thing. And maybe it doesn't take that long. Maybe in five years, we have several. Where it's just kind of thing. Bringing 
the grace of God and the truth of God into our community. So, I hope you're encouraged by this. I hope you see that we're heading in the right direction, led by the Spirit. That's what I have to say. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the work that you do in us and around us that oftentimes just feels hard, feels new, feels challenging, feels outside of our comfort zone. But yet we get these glimpses and reminders and assurances that you are working in distant new ways. So Lord, we pray that you would do a work first within our hearts so that we could share the stories of what you've done for us both, both in the past and today, that we could trust again in your redeeming grace, that we could trust in your guidance and wisdom in our lives, that we could find hope in the work that you're doing in people's hearts and minds already out in our community, when we go to approach them and share you with them, that they will be ready to be surprised by what you Lord, we do encourage, especially our congregation, as we go through all the changes of our world, but especially changes on the congregational level, we do encourage us to help us to know that uh, we are heading in the right direction, and that you will bless us and encourage us and show us fruit along the way. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen.